0: Well, hello and welcome to the 4G Podcast. My name is Kyle Parks, and today I'm here with Chris Rogers, our youth pastor, and uh, we're changing it up a little bit today. Pastor Brian's taking a break. He'll be back on next week. And so I guess the thing is, though, Chris, since this is the first time we've done this together, you know, we're going to have to see if you and I have you know any chemistry
1: oh it's gonna be so good
0: so this may be a one and done and <laughs> or you know maybe we'll keep this thing going but i did hear a rumor last night that for the costume contest you were uh, toby mack is that hero. true
1: oh it's so good <laughs> it was right? so good i got my yo 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 i'm toby <laughs> mack thing going on it was good man i, I might have offended some students that are big like toby mack fans okay but i thought it was amazing Oh, man. Well, that's good.
0: That's good. We're going to do our young adult costume party on Sunday night, so I don't even
1: know what I'm doing. You myself. should be Toby back. Like, I guess I, got I could. I the whole thing, man. Okay. It's I'll so come good. to you
0: if I can't c- come up with anything else. <laughs> all right. Well, anyways, this uh, last weekend, we finished up our series of Unshaken and Unashamed, and we wrapped it all up by um, the topic was putting into practice, basically how we pass on our faith to the next generation. And this is a huge topic And I I think we need to be talking about this more and more for this generation that there's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of crazy stuff going on in the world today. And uh, they need to know uh, what they believe and why they believe when they need good answers to their questions. And so, Chris, that's kind of what we want to talk about today um, and also a little bit about the word deconstruction. So that's come up quite a bit in the last couple of years, too. And uh, so what are some things that you're seeing, like as far as deconstruction and like what that is, Uh, but why is this such a, I guess for you coming from youth ministry, why is this such a big thing and, and why are students struggling with this and questioning their faith today?
1: Yeah, you know, so I think we got to define uh, what deconstruction is. Yeah. I think to begin with, and so I, I went to where I always go for the best information, and that's Wikipedia. Oh yeah, but uh, you know, and it's it's talking about uh, here's a term uh, from Elisa Childers, and it says it's often defines deconstruction as the process of systematically dissecting and often rejecting the beliefs you grew up with, and so. Uh, You know, it's interesting to listen to Elisa Childers uh, actually discuss this because she went through a time in her life where she really began to question like, man, is everything I believe, is this all true? Uh, And and so she went through this process of kind of just starting to tear her faith down. And so I don't, I don't specifically have a problem with the process of questioning your faith if you're searching out good answers. Yeah. But I think it depends on where you're going for for those answers. Yeah.
0: And I think there are things that we should deconstruct from our faith, especially if they're not biblical, right? Absolutely. Things that we grew up with, whether uh, in the church that weren't weren't biblical or maybe politically speaking that kind of was thrown in there as this is like biblical truth. Yeah. Because there are things like legalism, easy believism, things of that nature that aren't found in scripture that... We should like slough off yeah, and, and be like, hey, this isn't really what we want to be about. We do want to be about what the Bible says. So what I'm seeing, and I'm sure what you're seeing, is as students, young adults deconstruct their faith today, they're building it back up with perhaps unbiblical ideas. Absolutely. And so we're seeing things, and Elisa Childers sits on this a lot, as you mentioned, just they're kind of going down that progressive road. They're seeing, uh, why can't we just all love and accept each other? and meet each other where they're at. And I think there's a lot of, there's truth to that. We need to do that. But there's also, you know, truth that we need to give people uh, according to what the Bible says, according to Jesus' teachings. So we just got to be careful with that and what we tell people uh, when it comes to biblical truth. So, yeah, what are the causes for some of the deconstruction you're seeing? Um, what are you seeing in, in youth ministry today? Some of the trends? Um, what, what do you think is at the root, maybe, of why students struggle today and they're questioning their, their faith?
1: Yeah, man. It's just such good questions. Uh, I think there's so many aspects here, man. I think that, uh, I think that culture is it's popular now, right? There's a reason we've heard this term, uh, deconstruction so much in the past couple years. And it's because it's a popular term now. And so it's getting thrown around. So culturally we're going to take and, and start to use that. Uh, but, uh, I think, man it all comes down to some root and some in sin yeah. right like yep. we want to be god or we want to define who god is mm-hmm. and so i think and and i know we will discuss some of the other implications of it but man like i just have to remember we always come back to this place that we're we live in a broken world yep. and we're broken yep. sinful people and and so we are obviously going to want to take and place ourselves as god or or what we want is God or make God who we want him to be or, uh, so, um, yeah, we're going to tear that down. So in terms of students, uh, yeah, I think it's a, it's a trendy thing. It's all over TikTok. It's all over social media. Uh, you're seeing tons of people, uh, even, uh, music artists and all these people are coming out and they're saying, Hey, I'm deconstructing my faith and, and man, people are following and they get, they get likes and they get clicks and they get all these things. Um, yes, yeah, students, uh, they get pulled into it, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, uh, here's, here's where I'm at is I am hundred percent for questioning why we believe what we believe. Yeah. Uh, and, and you and I were talking just prior to this starting and just like, man, like it's okay to have these questions on our faith. It's okay to, um, to wrestle with some of these tough questions. But I, I just wonder if traditionally those have been acceptable questions to ask in the church. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and so I think there's a lot of th- uh, a lot of students today they're kind of and young adults they are kind of staying there and they like that kind of questioning that skepticism yeah. Yeah. instead of looking for good answers it's like I'm just gonna kind of hang out here
1: well because it takes work yeah. right yeah. it all of a sudden takes effort and work to 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 dig in yeah you know, how many how many students did you have when you, as a youth pastor I'm sure even people now that that come to you and they want an answer and yeah. it's just like well, go find it. Like, yeah. it's, in, it's in Scripture. Go find it.
0: Yeah. But and sometimes they're looking for, like, a black and white answer, too. And some of these answers are, yeah. they're, they're a little harder to understand. Like, there's nuance. You have to, like, dig deeper and realize, okay, there are different ways of looking at perhaps this subject that they're struggling with. But when they're being told today by the culture that you just need to look within for the answers, uh, and that, and yeah. that kind of just goes back to what you're saying, you know, being our own gods. That is exactly what the culture is telling them. Look within. Uh, you don't need anyone else's authority over you. When in the past, that's how we all lived. We were um, driven by and we were informed by the authorities in our lives that would help us to understand the world and how to live. But now we're telling people, the culture is telling people, you are your own authority. Yeah. And that's scary. I mean, think of... <laughs> And just that messaging is just so ridiculous, right? Just think of how small we are in the grand scheme of things in the universe. Uh, just, you know, go outside and look up on a on a dark night and yeah. see the stars. Yeah. And, and, like, we're just so finite. We're so small. We are made in God's image, and we're special. And, like, God created us for a, a purpose. Uh, but for people to think that we are somehow our own God or our own authority, yeah. like, that's a lot of arrogance. There's a lot of
1: pride there. I think and like, uh, it's it, it, there is, there's pride, there's arrogance. And I'm like, I just know my heart. Like the last thing I want to be is God yeah. because right. <laughs> right. I will make a disaster of this place. Yeah. I was talking with my dad. It's you were talking kind of generationally uh, there in just a second. I was talking to my dad just uh, a couple of weeks ago and, and I said, Hey, why do you believe what you believe? Mm-hmm. Like, why do you believe uh, that? that the scripture's true. Why do you believe that this whole faith thing is real? And, and, and his response was, well, that's what I grew up knowing. That's what I was taught. And so mm-hmm. as authority, my dad just looked at his parents. He looked at his pastors and he said, hey, there's authority here. I'm going to believe what they say. And I'm not saying my dad hasn't wrestled with his right. faith, but but he came from this place where uh, there was an authority place, uh, yep. and essentially put God there. And, and he's like, well, well, how are students looking at it now? And I'm like, man, so much of it is how they feel. Yep. And, and he, his response was so funny. He goes, I don't understand that. Right. Like right. he just couldn't wrap his mind around that, that students, uh, that, that they're looking at defining who God is by how they feel. Yep. And he was like, I, what's that even look like? And so we've got a generation, uh, I mean, my dad's two generations behind, uh, students now, but like, they just like, they can't even wrap their minds around Yeah, this, even like this deconstructionism. Yeah. So this, I mean, this word
0: is kind of newer. It's being talked about more, but students, young adults walking away from the faith, isn't necessarily a new thing. And we've been seeing this, these trends for the last 20 years or so. Mm -hmm. And, I remember hearing that in college, like that, that message, I went to Christian school. And so we talked about that and like, we, uh, we worked through questions, but I think that was a big thing in the past of why young adults were walking away is because they weren't given good answers to their, their questions.
1: Did you grow up, uh, the church you, that you grew up in, were, were you able to freely ask those questions? Were you able to freely just been like, man, like, I don't know if I believe this, like, what about this? Yeah. Could you bring those into the church well, and ask Well,
0: honestly, those? yeah, I think I could have. But honestly, I wasn't asking a lot of those questions <laughs> at the time. I'll just be honest. Like, a lot of that stuff didn't come up for me until I got into college. Ah. And so maybe a little bit of my upbringing was kind of in a Christian bubble. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there were a lot of new ideas. Even though I went to a Christian school, there were a lot of new ideas and different people and different backgrounds that came in that, oh, I finally for the first time started asking that. But now that trend is coming. It's going down into yeah. where... Now you have junior hires talking about these, these asking these right. questions, and a lot of that is because of the world we live in, internet, social media, all of that's out there. Yep. People they follow, like you know, these these random, you know, people, artists that are, you know, dec- uh, deconstructing their faith, and and then people are questioning, well, why do they do that? Like, what's going on? Yeah. And so they want to look in and learn more, and so I think a lot of the questions, um, the, they're more prevalent now, I would say, than when I was in um you know growing up in, in junior high and high school yeah, yeah they were there but um it, i think those have just grown and so people are are dealing with that at a younger age yeah. i would say i don't know if that's what you, what you would think um if you dealt with that kind of stuff at at your age Uh, But that's kind of where I'm coming from. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, my story is just a little different, right? As a kid, I grew up in the church. But when I was in, like, really those formative years, junior high, high school, my family had fallen away from the church. And so to have, like, a youth group culture, I never experienced really that. Uh, And so when I began to serve in student ministry, I was like, let's talk about these hard questions. And it was just interesting. It wasn't until, honestly, fairly recently that I began to understand, like, That's not the normal in a Mm -hmm. lot of uh, youth groups that that uh, to have an environment where students feel like they can freely ask really hard questions, but also to have leaders that are willing to walk through those questions with them. Right. Yeah, I think. Right. Like. You've, you've got leaders, you've got adults who are just scared, parents that are scared of some of these mm-hmm. questions. Yeah. So let's kind of talk a little bit about that. How how do we as
0: the church, as as pastors and leaders, how do we help equip pa- uh, parents to walk through this with their, their students? I um, send them
1: to you. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? It's way easier <laughs> to spend like, I don't know, go talk to Kyle.
0: <laughs> yeah, but... <laughs> But, yeah, how do we do that in this day and age? And, and maybe, maybe they're thinking, parents are thinking, well, my, my kids aren't even really asking these questions. But here's the thing. Maybe they're not asking them out loud to their parents, right. but they're already thinking this stuff. Yeah. You know? Uh, so how do we equip parents? How do we as the church come alongside and, and help out? You know, what do we do? You know, what did you do as a parent when your kids were still in the home and, and working through this kind of stuff? How how do we help parents navigate this um in order to pass on the faith of the next generation? And so that they get it. It's solid it's solidified yeah. when they leave they leave the home, they leave the house. Yeah.
1: You know, I had a I had an old pastor share with me. He says, A faith that's untested is worthless. Mm, yeah. And and I held on to that because I'm like, my faith is tested all the time. So that must mean this is amazing, right? But but um like it's I, I, that's why I always come back when parents call me up, I'm like, take a breath. Mm-hmm. Take a breath. Right. Like you're, they're testing to see if this is true. They're testing to see if this is real. And so, uh, that's, I honestly, i look at when students begin to wrestle with their faith and kind of question some of the stuff. I'm like, this is a good sign if they're searching for answers in the right place, if they have people to walk through this with them, and you were talking in terms of, of in the home and man, are have parents created a culture in their home? Like what we were talking about in church, you know, yeah, exactly. do, do they have a culture in their home where their kids can walk in and say, Hey mom, like man, is God real? Mm-hmm. You know, and ask the questions of man, if God's real, why do bad things happen to good people? And, you know, I'd yeah. be able to, to, to ask these in the home because, man, as parents, as, as often as your kids roll, your, roll their eyes at you, mm-hmm. you're still the number one influence yeah. over your kids. And so, uh, but to build a culture within your home yeah. where you can take and wrestle with some of these.
0: Yeah. And I would echo that, you know, for parents, you know, one of the best ways of knowing, like, you're going to pass on your faith to the next generation, to your kids, is to be real. Yeah. To oh, be the same yeah. people uh at home as you are at church on Sunday when everyone sees you, yeah right being being that same consistent person, and I think that shows that your faith is real, yeah because you're the same person in front of other people that you are behind closed doors with your family, yeah, and you talk about things of God and scripture like they are the most important thing to you because it's it's so easy uh to see that if you talk a big game on the weekends, you go to church, <laughs> and then it doesn't matter a lick when you're at home or when you go about your day, students are going to pick up on that pretty yeah. quickly. Say, well, let's see, this isn't real. This isn't life-changing for them. Like, why do I
1: need this? And, I think you're absolutely right, right? It's authenticity. And yeah. and man, I think students can read through a fake, a phony mm-hmm. yeah. easier than, than what my generation I yeah. think can, you know, yeah. like... um And so, man, if you're not authentic in your faith, I was, I was reading through uh, uh, a Kevin DeYoung book and I love this book. I grab this every once in a while. Amaze them with God. Amaze them with God. It's so good. And, and he says right here, newer generations will not give Christianity a second thought if it seems lifeless, repetitive, and uninspiring. Right. And so I'm sitting there and I'm like, man, like as parents, as leaders, right. As a youth pastor, am I living my life that I look different. They can they can take and turn on social media. They can take and go to school and they see a world that's uninspiring, yeah. right? They see a, a world that they're trying to understand of the wars that are going on and the hatred that's going on and yeah. the you know just everything. Man, but but do we look different? Do we have hope? Do yeah. we have peace? Do we, Right? Like, yeah. do we have those things that draw them in? Yeah. Yeah. And I would
0: say too, just uh, resourcing your, your students, your young adults with good materials, giving them good books to read, um, sending them to summit, you know, our, yeah. this camp we go to every few years um, and uh, out in Colorado. And we've we've done that a few different years here. And two-week-long camp on just worldview and apologetics and equipping them in their faith and just stuff like that, tools to help them work through things like that. And uh, maybe they'll be open and honest there with some questions they're dealing with with, with some other people. Um, and, I, yeah, I think just putting some good things in their hands, um, getting them involved with some different things like that I think is huge. So, yeah, um, yeah the second follow-up to that was just what are some other ways as we as the church can just help like when we do have them here, when they're here at youth group, when they're here at our young adults gatherings, like what do we do? How can we help them uh, as the church? And I would say this is supplemental, right? It all, it needs to start in the home. Oh yeah. Um, You know, we hate to hear the stories, but it does happen of students who are really struggling and they're, and they don't know what to do and the parent doesn't know what to do. And then (laughs) it's like, here, Chris here, Kyle, help <laughs> Fix them, my kid like, do something. Yeah. And you know, we can only do so much, right? Because <laughs> yeah. it has to happen in the home first. Uh, and so um, sometimes it's hard to come back from some of that. Let's yeah. be honest. But uh, I think as if we, as parents are praying for our kids, if we're being consistent in front of them, or trying to answer the question, if we're resourcing them. Then the church on top of that can come alongside and help as well. So what are some ways that you're doing that in the youth group and, uh, yeah, how are you trying to equip them when, when you have them there?
1: Yeah. I think uh, I think there's several things that we're trying to do anyway. So it's funny you said that that, that parents, all of a sudden, there's, like, this crisis mm-hmm. in, that they begin to feel. You know, it's like, man, all of a sudden my kid has either got into some trouble or my kid is questioning his faith or whatever that is. And he's like, send him to youth group. They'll fix him. Yeah. And it's just like, man, no way. Like, we want to partner with you. Right. But, but there's so much more that goes into this. And sometimes
0: it's as if it's like they're almost caught off guard. Yeah. But it's like, wait a minute. Like there should have been some signs normally that would kind of point to, Hey, there's some, some things going on in their life. Yeah. They're kind of pulling back or, um, you know, they're not talking and being open and honest with you. Like there's those things we need to look for in order to kind of see that coming. Yeah, But sometimes it does feel like that. All of a sudden it's like, I thought everything was fine. And all of a sudden this, this thing happens yeah. or everything blows up and it's like, Oh, here we go.
1: Well, I mean, life, uh, listen, I can give them a lot of grace. Life gets, <laughs> life gets busy. Life gets hard. Like, sure. right. Even as parents, we're still going through our own things. And, and all of a sudden we take and we, we, we look over and we see our kids walking down a path and, and it is, yeah. it's easy to get, it's easy to get kind of shocked about that. Um, but yeah, so, so, we want a partner though like yeah. you just said this like we want to get resources but but the other thing um, like I, it's solid teaching yeah. i think is one of the biggest components i don't the games at youth group isn't what's going to change eternity for a student right what? it's not i know <laughs> i love me some pizza the pizza isn't going to change eternity for a student and so man above all things by the time a student graduates from uh the student ministry like i I hope you built some great relationships i hope you have people that are walking through life with you i hope you had some amazing experiences but but if if salvation isn't part of that then man then i missed the point right i didn't i don't want to say i didn't do my job but man like that is the goal is that by the end of uh, someone's high school career not only have they um, accepted uh, Christ but but they began to own their faith of, of it's their faith not not what mom and dad believe or grandma and grandpa but it's what they believe yeah but it, I think essentially it comes down to teaching students to have a right view of who God is right and we can't have a right view of God of who God is without solid biblical teaching
0: yeah. So I think it, their faith has to be their own. Yep. It can't be mom or dads or grandma or grandpa. Yep. They have to believe it for themselves. And on top of that, yeah, like you said, scripture. Scripture has to be real. They have to be in it. They have to be reading it and studying it. And they have to want that. Yeah. It can't just be something like, oh, I just do. You know, because I feel, I feel bad, or I know I should, or just do it out of obligation. You know, sure, we all do that times. Like I know yeah. I need God's word, but like they. They need to want that and to grow in that. But I think that is the the biggest I would say takeaway for parents is make sure your students are in God's Word. They're learning, they're growing, and then we are going to do our part to teach that yeah. to them. You guys are going through Romans. You can't. There's not a, a much deeper book, you know. <laughs> and scripture when it comes to the gospel and and theological teaching, understanding uh, who God is and uh, the way of salvation, but also uh, the sin, yeah. right? That that makes it that that way that we that we need a savior, uh, and so that's that's huge there. And um, so making sure they understand scripture, it, it's huge. I think that's just a huge takeaway. How do me. we wrestle
1: through? You know, I just had uh, one of my students uh, ask me last night. She was like, "Man, she's like." I know scripture, mm-hmm. I know it, it's head knowledge. I don't know if I believe it. Right. Mm. And so it's this thing of, uh, I've got a ton of information in my head, but it's not in my heart. And Ooh, she wasn't even, yeah. she wasn't even be- talking like a feeling, sure. but she was like, I know it's fact, but how do I, how do I believe it with everything I have?
0: Yeah. Well, I think the, the surest and truest way to know that, like it has transferred from your head to your heart is like living it out in real life. Yeah. I think that when when push comes to shove, when it comes down to it, like is this coming out of the overflow of your life? Is it coming out in the way you interact with people yeah. and um, controlling like your emotions when things happen and life happens? And is it coming out of you like when you're tempted? Mm. You know, like are you able to quote scripture and to share that? So that for me, that's what I would say. Is, yeah, that's how you know like it's really transferred. Its way um, is is how you live it out. And I think if if students are struggling with that, I mean, asking God, God help me to just live it out. Like I know it in my head, but right. I want to know it deeply in my heart. And I think when we start living it out, when we start putting it into practice, like it will take root there, yeah. and not just be head knowledge or intellectual scent. You know, like we actually live it out as if it's true because it 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 works like when you live out yeah um you know Jesus is teaching teaching like from the sermon on the mount yeah and like learning not to give into anger or lust or not to retaliate you know like that can seem weird when it comes to like the culture because it's opposite but then you see what it actually does for your soul and how it mm. like it's life-giving and it keeps you from from giving in to sin and being like angry and bitter (laughs) towards people and like you can actually have relationships with people and your relationship with them can be good and your relationship with God can be good at the same time like we want to be reconciled to God we are be reconciled to other people like so I think it affects us uh, on a daily basis, but it affects all of our lives. Totally. Yeah. Totally. I think that's huge.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I hear steer the conversation in just a little different direction, if you yeah. don't care for a second. So, right, we come to this, so much of our culture right now is, is uh, our identity is found in how we feel, right? Yeah who you feel or how you feel or, or whatever is your truth. And so, uh, man, I've got students that then take, and if that's the case, then God's only real if they feel mm. that God is real. Right. And so we talk about having head knowledge and all of a sudden this head knowledge, it's just like, well, is it really fact? Because I don't have this mm. feeling right and so we have students then that begin to chase you know the camp high or they begin to chase like this uh you know emotional feeling that comes out with music or whatever that is and uh, and and so what we start to see though is that those feelings shift those feelings change and so students then really begin to question was my salvation even real i don't feel warm and fuzzy anymore was my salvation even real and um yeah, so, so how do we take and navigate through some of that and, and continue to bring students back to, we just said, strong biblical teaching, yeah. right? How do we keep bringing them back to that when we've got a whole culture that's saying, no, 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 it's about how you feel is what's true.
0: Yeah, and that's a really good point, uh, just the feelings and how that has all changed in our culture in the last 5, 10 years, and especially uh, among students and young adults. Um, how do we help them to base what they believe on what they know yeah. to be true yeah. rather than how they feel about it. Yeah. You know, that's that's huge. And so I think that's a good segue into our topic for this next weekend. Brian's going to be preaching on revival. And oh, yeah. a lot of revival, for some, is kind of pulled and based on feelings, right? You yeah. know, whether through music or going off to camp or a missions trip, and you kind of have those perhaps feelings of revival and um, we want to kind of live there. We want to stay there. But that, that's not real life yeah. when it comes down to it, yeah. you know? like Even like these revivals that took place at different college campuses, one at Asbury, yeah. you know, eventually that one came to an end. And I think there were probably some people, they wanted to go on forever. But yeah. it just we can't live that way forever. And God blesses those things, I think, for a time. But then at some point you have to go out and live that out in the world and, and what God has shown you and taught you. But how do we um, navigate that realizing like um, revival is more than just like feelings, yeah. right? It's more than just uh, feeling good about a relationship with God and uh, being reconciled to other people around us. Uh, but how do, we, how do we navigate that and bringing revival that brings about long-term change? Because yeah. I think that is what true revival is and how it actually helps us to live that out what God did among us and to the the world around us. So what are some things that you would say, you know, yeah. just like how do, you, how do you make revival actually turn into something like long term? Yeah,
1: yeah. It, it, so I got to, you're right. We're going through the book of Romans right now. And I'll be honest, I didn't realize what I was signing up for mm. when I'm like, we're going to go through the book of Romans in a year. And now now I'm like, I need like three years yep. to get through this. There was one night that I took and I was teaching and I spent the entire time teaching on one word. <laughs> and I was like, man, like, this is going to take a while to get through this, but you did this to yourself. But... <laughs> I'm like, I got to blame somebody, but yeah, it's my fault. But, but here just last night, we were we were talking. We we're in Romans uh, chapter five, verse two, and it talks here that we stand and we rejoice <laughs> in hope of the glory of God. Yeah. And so I was like, man, like, okay, what's it look like to rejoice? In the hope of the glory of God And so to rejoice though is a choice To choose joy Right and so we're choosing uh, Joy and and this joy that we're choosing Is in hope of the glory of God Mm -hmm. And so man when you start to talk now About this and you're like How do we we make revival Or assure that revival isn't just A warm fuzzy feeling Mm -hmm. But this is something that's long term And I think what it comes down to is exactly here That we have to choose Jesus right and so So, man, we're just a culture of people that's looking for happiness, that's looking for a a good feeling and instead to say, man, but there's something so good that's right there, right? The hope that I have and the glory of God like, how how much better does it get than that? And so how do I choose to have joy in all of that and then living that piece out?
0: Yeah, no, that's really good uh, Chris, and um, the topic for this weekend is Revival, Um, Will you not revive us again? So it may rejoice in you. So there it is right there. Man. I think joy is a big part of that. But uh, joy, I believe we can have uh, when times are good and when times are bad. Hmm? You know, deep down. Like, we have joy because we know uh, who God is. We have a relationship with him. And even in the midst of... um, Hard and broken circumstances that we're we're going through in life. So, yeah, that's huge, man. So I don't know if you got anything else to share, uh, but we're gonna wrap it up here in just a moment. Uh, any parting words for us when it comes to <laughs> anything that we talked about today, or or what to look forward to?
1: Yeah. Now, listen. All I will say is that uh, man, we want to walk through life with students. Yeah. We want to, you know, we want to take and uh, share the hope that we have in Christ with them able to take and, and walk with parents yep. to you though like I my kids are graduated and, and and pretty much all adults now but man I remember how hard and scary it is to be an to be a parent of younger kids uh, and the uncertainty and I'm not doing it right uh, but I, I keep coming back and some of the best advice I was given uh, was just to stay one day ahead of your kids in terms of what you know about Jesus and whatever it is you learn today, just teach that to them tomorrow and just keep staying one day so live that example right? they need to see that your faith is authentic good stuff Chris
0: I want to thank you all for tuning in with us today Uh, don't forget if you've uh, enjoyed this podcast if it's been helpful for you to leave us a rating and review on whatever podcast app that you are engaging on and uh, we hope to see you back here next week and thanks again for tuning in